and welcome to Praying on Purpose. Without a doubt, over the course of human history, there is one individual who had such a unique relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Torah itself attested the fact that this relationship was such that was unprecedented and unmatched. Moshe Rabbeinu, the Torah tells us, was able to communicate with Hashem, ish the way a person would speak to another individual, to another person. It was natural. The Torah tells us in Parshas Baloscha that Moshe was able to communicate with Hashem while fully awake and alert, that he was able to initiate conversations, he didn't just have to wait to receive a message, and perhaps most importantly, he was able to receive these messages in their complete absolute form. They did not require any subjective interpretation. It came, as Chazal tell us, through Aspaklaria Hamira, which essentially means with complete clarity. These messages were not encrypted, and so therefore when we receive through Moshe Rabbeinu, the Devar Hashem, we say Moshe Emes, Vesoroso Emes. The Torah, the teaching of Moshe, is true as it reflects the untainted word of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Now, of course, this relationship, which is first recorded in this coming week's Parsha, Parsha Shemos, spans the entirety of the remainder of the Torah. We're going to learn about Moshe for the first time this week, and we will continue to study about Moshe and his teachings in his life through the end of the Torah, literally to the very end, as the Torah records the circumstances regarding Moshe's death. And so therefore, it would seem to me that it would be most interesting to study for a moment that first moment, that initial encounter in which Moshe, who at this point was 80 years old, was not a young man, has that first moment in which he is introduced to, so to speak, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, would ultimately communicate with him, like I said, in a way that was completely unprecedented in all of history. The background to the story everybody is familiar with, Moshe finds himself shepherding his flock, and he is suddenly confronted with this incredible scene of a bush that is on fire, but it is not being consumed by the fire. Moshe stops and he looks, and suddenly he hears God's voice. Vayomer, Moshe, Moshe. God speaks to him and says, Moshe, Moshe. Moshe responds, Hineni, here I am. And then HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, Al tikrav halom. Stop. Shal no'alecha mi'auraglecha. Remove your shoes from upon your feet. Ki hamako mashata omedalav anmaskodeshu. For the place upon which you are standing is holy ground. The very first words that HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to Moshe, take your shoes off. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has not yet forgive me, even introduced himself. It's only the next Pasuk where it says, Vayomer Hashem says, Anochi Elokei Avicha, I am the God of your father, Elokei Avram and Yaakov. And of course proceeds to attempt to hire, so to speak, Moshe Rabbeinu, to be the leader of the Jewish people. But it all begins with these words, Shal Na'alecham Yaraglecha, take your shoes off. And when you think about it, it's a little strange that those should be the first words. Now, of course, there is a need for understanding your place, and we all would appreciate if individuals would help us along and tell us when we are acting inappropriately in a certain situation. It's always good to have reminders and pointers from people who can teach us and demonstrate what is proper etiquette. And let's be honest, in all fairness, Moshe Rabbeinu did find himself in a rather unique situation over here, and perhaps he just didn't know. But the fact that this should be the very first thing that HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to Moshe is a little strange. Perhaps he could have introduced himself first and said, And then he says, Okay, Moshe, let's just go over some of the ground rules. First thing is, take your shoes off. So how do we understand this? So before answering this question, I want to direct you to another very interesting observation that is found in the Sefer Sichos, the Sefer Shemos, where Rav Nevensol, at the end of Sefer Shemos, in Parshish Pekudeh, points out something very interesting, and that is that at the time of the completion of the construction of the Mishkan, 
the Torah tells us that at the end of Sefer Shemos, that there was this divine cloud that covers the Oamoed, and the glory of God completely fills the entire space of the Mishkan, and Moshe was unable to enter the Oamoed, because the Shekhinah completely overwhelmed that place. The glory of God filled this entire space and Moshe was unable to enter. It was too overwhelming for Moshe Rabbeinu. And so therefore, on that first moment, upon completion of the Mishkan, Moshe was unable to enter. Rav Davidson points out that history repeats itself because at the time of the completion of the Beis Hamikdash in the days of Shlomo Melech, the, the Pasuk records a very, very similar phenomenon that everything was complete and it was all ready and the Kohanim were unable to enter. There again we find that the glory of God filled this entire space and the Kohanim were unable to enter initially. We know that Moshe Rabbein, of course, ultimately is able to enter the Oamoed. In fact, at the end of Sefer Shemos, so that's always how Sefer Shemos ends, and then we continue with the next Sefer, Vayikra, Vayikra Hashem El Moshe, God calls to Moshe from the Oamoed. So obviously, this was a temporary state of being, but still it's fascinating, says Rav Nevensol, that at the time of the completion of the Mishkan, as well as the completion of the Beis Hamikdash, the most important people were unable to enter. Why should that be? And Rav Nevensol suggests a very fascinating answer, and that is that ultimately we know that the Mishkan, that the Beis Hamikdash, was to be a place in which the connection, the relationship between God and the Jewish people would be forged. That this would be a place where people can come and connect with the Rabboni Shalom in the most meaningful way, and that ultimately it would be a place which would foster love. After all, every meaningful relationship has to include love and admiration. And so therefore, the Beis Hamikdash, being a place where true Ava between Hashem and the Jewish people could exist, so obviously that is going to ultimately be one of the major goals and one of the places of, of optimal fulfillment of this type of connection between God and the Jewish people. However, says Rev Nevensol, every relationship must begin with respect before the love. There has to be a sense of yira. There has to be a sense of understanding of who I am, what my place is. I cannot just go ahead and enter somebody else's space and expect immediately that I'm going to be embraced and received warmly by their love. First and foremost, I have to know my place. I have to know who I am. And built upon that foundation of yira, built upon that foundation of genuine respect, only then can there be true ava. But the Yira must come first. And so therefore it would seem that even though ultimately Moshe Rabbeinu HaKadosh Baruch Hu would enjoy a most unique relationship, again, one that the Torah itself characterizes as Kasher Yudaber Isha Riyehu, the first step had to be Shalna Alecha Me'al Raglecha. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to Moshe, please take your shoes off. Please know who you are. Know your place. Dalif Ne'miata Omeid. And so therefore, HaKadosh Baruch Hu sort of sets a tone for this relationship. First there will be Yira, first there will be genuine respect and awe and reverence. And upon that, we can then begin to build a relationship which will include love, which will include admiration, which will include affection. But first and foremost, there has to be Yira. It seems to me that these same expectations should be part and parcel of our experience in shul, and particularly when we daven. After all, as I believe we've mentioned earlier, a shul is, as the Nabi Yechezkel tells us, a mikdash ma'at. It is a 
miniature temple. It is supposed to be some embodiment of what the Beis HaMikdash was. It is a miniature Mishkan. It is a place in which we leave our more familiar everyday space and we enter, so to speak, a place of God. It is a place in which we are able to encounter the Shechina. And it goes without saying that we should be comfortable in a shul. It goes without saying that we should feel a sense of belonging in the shul. That when we open our siddur and when we are standing in shul, we should be able to feel the warmth, the love, the admiration, the connection. We should be able to feel a fostering of a relationship that hopefully will be inspiring, that will be motivating, that will draw us in and make us feel close. That all goes without saying. But the question is, how do we build that relationship? And what should be the foundation? What is sort of the initial steps that we should be taking in order to create that sort of relationship in a shul and around davening? And it would seem that if we follow the same paradigm that is introduced in this coming week's Parsha and Parsha Shemos and takes us all the way to the end of Sefer Shemos, as Rav Nevinsol points out, we are pretty much given the answer. And that is that the first things that we should think when we come into shul is shal na'lechem yaraglechem. Now, practically speaking, we are not required to take our shoes off when we enter shul. It should be noted that when one entered the Beis Hamikdash, they did in fact have to remove their shoes. But the laws are not completely the same. So there we had to remove our shoes. In a, in a miniature temple, the Mikdash Ma'at, we are not required to remove our shoes. That, that is true on a, on a practical level. However, the concept of sort of taking a moment before I enter shul and stop and think to myself, I am about to enter a very holy place. I'm about to enter a sacred space. What do I need to do? How do I need to prepare myself so that this experience of connection, so that this relationship, so that the conversation that I'm about to have, the Rabbonish Law, which will hopefully one that will be fueled by Ava, can at the very least be standing firmly upon a foundation of Yira? What do I, what do I need to do to prepare myself for that moment? I, I mean, first and foremost, as the post can recommend, pause for a moment before entering the shul, to just go ahead and barge into shul, at a literally carrying on in a conversation, as we often see, and I say this without judgment, I'm sure I've done it many times myself, having a conversation with somebody just will walk into shul. Now, it's true, davening doesn't begin for another two, three, four, five, ten minutes. Let's leave aside the fact that there are certain things we're not allowed to discuss in shul, that dvarim betalim, even when it's not davening time, even those conversations should not happen in shul. But just leave that aside for a moment, just the whole idea that I am now entering a very sacred place and... If I really want this relationship to be one that is truly meaningful, if I want to be able to generate and, and feel and sustain a sense of ava, so then it really needs to be built upon a genuine sense of yira. There has to be that awe that is there first. And so therefore, to enter as a single individual, to make sure that I've ended my conversations before. I dare say, and of course, this is definitely a separate conversation, do I have my phone with me? If so, is it on? And I'm not talking right now about the fact that maybe if it's not in silent mode, it may disturb other people. If it rings and if if it beeps, that may absolutely be true. But that's secondary. That's not the primary issue that I'm intending to address right now. It's that when entering the space of God, when coming to engage in a conversation with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so we should be reminded at that first moment when Moshe Rabbeinu was approached by HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the Shekhinah calls him Moshe, Moshe, and he says, Hineni, and the first thing he says is, excuse me, take your shoes off, Let's get business out of the way. First and foremost, know your place. And if we can use that as a way of sort of guiding us and inspiring us and informing us as to how this relationship is ideally supposed to be built, so I believe we'd be able to achieve so much 
in this relationship. We're able to feel a genuine sense of connection, of Ava, as we foster our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu in Shul, through our conversations with Him, through Tefillah, through the medium of Tefillah, which again, ultimately, is about, as we've never told, about expressing that Ava, but it must be built upon a foundation of Yira. So let us be inspired by this example that is set by Moshe Rabbeinu. When entering Shul, we should say to ourselves, stop and think. Thank you so much, and have a wonderful day. Yeah.